Make it go, <laughs> make it worth it, right? <laughs> Man, no pressure. <laughs> Watch out for y'all, right? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, tonight I'm going to draw your attention to two parables that are quite familiar, I think, anyway. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in tonight, uh, and I've titled this message tonight, Use It or Lose It, Ready or Not, right? <laughs> and uh, hopefully you'll see the tie-in as we get into the word here. Um, let's go to Matthew 25. Uh, and here's a, a, a parable about those ten bridesmaids or the ten virgins that um, people are always speculating about what the oil is. I'm not going there tonight. But anyway, let's jump in. Uh, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midday, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Uh, come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough oil for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the doors were locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know the day or the hour of my return. This story is always baffling to me. Um, as, I, as I read it, I think, how did they not know that their oil was running out? Right? Now, it's, it's sometimes easy for us to, to look at these stories and, you know, be kind of flipped like that. Well, how did they not know that? Right? You guys know I'm one of the most forgetful people you ever met. It's true. I hate to admit it, but it's just the truth. And uh, as my mom would say, I could lose my head if it wasn't attached. Um, but it, it's how did they not know that this oil was? They were obviously waiting. There was, no understand, there was no misunderstanding that this bridegroom was supposed to be coming at a certain time. So how did they miss it? Now, I also am known for my weird, my weird connects, right? As I, as I read this story, I thought about a road trip I took some years ago, 1992 to be exact. Uh, a whole group of girls and I were headed to Virginia Beach for spring break. Oh, remember those young days? I'm not going there. So we had, we, had borrowed, uh, we had borrowed her mother's, one of the girl's mother's, conversion vans. You know those, those vans that have uh, all the neat stuff in the back? You know, like a VCR, and they have, you know, like a couch and tables and stuff. You know what I'm talking about, those vans? And, they, and they're, I think you might have had one at one time. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so we had borrowed her van, and we were to take turns driving to Virginia Beach. So we left Delaware, and we're riding all the way down Route 13. And they're all, in, I'm driving. They're all in the back, and they're having a good time watching some comedian, and, you know, it's a lot of mayhem going on in the back. 
and I'm driving. I'm the one, you know, I'm the one had to pay attention to the road. And um, so we're driving and driving. I'm, I'm paying attention more to what's going on in the back. Obviously, I, as I, I mean, than I was to the, to the, um, to the, to the tank, to the, to the gas meter, right? You know, we're just riding, and I'm, ha, 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 and I'm just cackling with everybody in the back, and I, it just never even occurred to me to, to keep my eye on the, what am I, what am I doing? The gas gauge. Yeah, I don't know why I'm having a mental block, right? Why, why, I, I wasn't paying attention at all. So we're at a stop, because if you know, if you're riding down 13, there are actually stoplights, even though we're going all the way to Virginia Beach. So we're at this stop sign, or the stoplight, and it's red, and then it turned green, and I went to pull off. We didn't move. And I'm like, man, what, you know, what is going on here? Like, you know? And then I look, and I notice we were empty. <laughs> there was no gas in the tank. And I'm like, wow. Well, the good thing is, those conversion vans I found out have two gas tanks. Yeah, and they both were full. Well, the, the other one was full, thank goodness. And so it was li literally a flick of a switch, boom. And we were back up running again. I'm like, yeah, this is nice. And so I remember my friend saying to me, like, just because there are two gas tanks, I mean, doesn't mean you need to let the, the first one run completely out before you, which I hadn't even, I hadn't paid attention to one way or the other. So for some reason that, that made me think, and I thought about these, 10 virgins or these 10 bridesmaids, and I thought, how is it that they didn't know that their oil was running out? You know? And when I thought of my story, to me it's kind of obvious. It, more than likely, they weren't paying attention. <laughs> more than likely, they just weren't paying attention. They were just going about life, you know, and they just weren't paying attention. And the, the end of this parable tells us that we need to be ready, right? We know that we're all expecting the bridegroom to come. You realize that? We're, right now, this, in this life that we're living, we're expecting the bridegroom. Jesus is that bridegroom that's coming to take his bride to him. We're, we should be living expectantly. We're waiting on this God to come back and take us home. And we, too, like these bridesmaids, can just be, you know, floundering around down here, just not paying attention, you know, and, and find ourselves on empty at a time when we need to be full, when we need to be whatever that oil meant. I, I don't even know that, right? And so we, we need to be on it. And um, maybe another reason that they didn't realize is because they just, well, have you ever waited a long time for something and you waited so long that you just kind of got in, in maybe in the back of your mind that it just ain't never gonna happen, you know? Yeah, you know. Probably won't be another. We start speculating, you know. Maybe it'll be another. You know, Monty's like that. She's 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 she likes to order pack. She loves packages. And she's found a little cheap site called Wish, that gets all the little cheap stuff from China, you know. And she she likes to order knockoffs, you know, of things. And and Wish, unlike Amazon. You know, you don't get your overnight express or your two-day guaranteed delivery. With Wish, you're literally wishing. <laughs> you have no idea when your package is coming, you know? And so after she orders something, you know, maybe the first couple of days she's at the, every time the mailman comes, she's at the, you know, she's at the, at the door. What if that's my package chain? Then my package chain. But after like day 10, seriously, it takes longer than that a lot of times, right? She's like, I'm not even checking. 
you know, so, so our expectation starts to go down. The longer things take, then our, our expectations will go down. So maybe they just thought, well, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, today's like any other day. You know, he's not coming today and just didn't. Either way, they weren't ready. And so uh, we can grow complacent. You know, we can, you know, perhaps get like the world sometime and think, eh, you know, it's never going to happen. You know, how, how many uh, centuries has it been that the coming of the Lord has been prophesied? Right? I mean, you know, we can, uh, we can, we can kind of get lulled to sleep, if you will, if we're not visual, if we're not living a life expectant uh, to see our Savior come uh, and redeem us. You know, I've heard it somewhere, maybe one of the other ministers appreciated or talked about uh, some of these emergency preparedness teams, how they train, they train, they train, and they rarely get called for an emergency, but they're training all the time. You know, they're training for that, you know, maybe once a year type of incident, right? Anybody in here ever taken CPR? Man, a lot of you guys. This would be a good place to fall out, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, if you must, this would be a good place. There were like 10 of you, right? <laughs> we got nurses around here, and we got uh, EMTs and all kind of folks with CPR trainers. We got God, right? Uh, you know, you take CPR, and, you know, it's, it's probably a rare time that you actually use it but you stay up on it, right, if you, if you want to be ready. Because things change. You know, technology changes. I know they have those bags now that, they can, that you can use instead of your mouth, which has always grossed me out. Um, but, but things change. You have to stay up on stuff. You have to stay up on your training so that when that emergency happens, you know what to do. If you don't use it, you lose it. Well, if you don't use certain skills, you, you lose it. An emergency comes up and you go, well, 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 I, don't, I don't remember what to do, right? And there's not always time to get the manual out. Right? And read up on how to, how to do things, right? You got to be ready. You got to be on it. And so, as Christians, uh, this parable is reminding us that we can't grow stagnant. You know, we can't just, you know, we can't get rusty, if you will. We have to be ready, whatever that means. You fill in the blank. Ready. You know, some of us, you know, um, if we didn't get a word here, we wouldn't get word. Some of us are not regular readers of our, of our word, you know? And then we, you know, we're empty. You got to have something to pull from. You know what I'm talking about? When you, when you, when you face struggles in life and when, you, when you're facing things, you got to have something to pull from. You know, that, you ever had that, that time when that coworker or somebody, you know, had a need and you wish you had a word for them? You, you, it was, you just had nothing. You know, maybe the kind of words that the, that the world encourages with. You know, well, I hope you'll be all right. You know what I mean? That there's that time, and, and some of you might not know what I'm talking about. There's a time where you just, you're kind of running on empty. You haven't put anything in. You, you haven't been, whether that be prayer, whether that be reading, whether that be, you know, time with God, you haven't put anything in. And so when we face certain um, challenges, when we face people's needs, even when we face our own, we got nothing to pull from. You know, and so therefore, in that sense, we weren't ready. You know, there's a world out here that God wants us to reach. Yeah, you got to have something more to give them than just you. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? The, the, the things that people are facing, you know, a hug is not going to quite do it. I mean, you got to have something to pull from. I, I'm, I'm thinking of the scripture when uh, the disciples came across the man who was asking alms of them, and he says, you know, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have give I thee. But I, we got to have some God to give some folks, which means you got to stay full, if you will. Yeah, you got to be ready. There's all kinds of things that we are going to face in this life. 
as people of God. Right? We're not regular Joes. We're special. Right? We, we're, we're walking vessels of the living God. Right? We need to stay full, not only for his coming, but for the work that he has for us to do until he comes. Right? We, we got to, you know, you fill in the blank what full means for you. Uh, we got to stay in there. And so um, we can't afford to, to just kick back and coast until the bridegroom comes. Because the bridegroom is coming and he's expecting us to have whatever we need to go with him. So no time to kick back. We, we, we have to be ready. I'm going to continue with the same parable. I'm going to drop down to verse 14. And it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you, have, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibility. Let's celebrate together. That master was happy. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Let me tell you what just happened up here. So now, I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, you knew you were, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you, you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why, did you, uh, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank and at least I could have gotten some interest on it? Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeesh. Right? That was not a happy master. Um, it's funny. Uh, regardless of how many times you read some of these stories, there's always these different little pieces that you, that you, that you find. And as I'm reading this, I noticed that uh, with each of the bags of silver, the master gave the, to them to invest. 
right? It wasn't just, here's two bags of silver or how many bags of whatever, you know, I'll be back. No, he gave it to them with the, with the explicit instructions, according to the scriptures, to invest it, to do something with it, right? So I don't know how the last little servant, you know, got the idea that sticking it in the ground was the right thing to do. Um, but again, I do know that we tend to do similar things for whatever reason, right? Everybody in this room, I know most of you more than just, you know, by name, right? I'm looking around this room, and I know that God has invested in you something. God has given, should I say, God has entrusted with you something, right? We have all kinds of gifts and talents. We do. We have all kinds of skills and abilities. Um, we have callings. We have, I mean, we have, God has poured in. And the scripture says, to whom much is given, much is required, right? God is ex expecting us to use whatever it is he has given us. Right? You do know that God won't ask you to do something uh, if he hasn't given you the ability to do it. It wouldn't make sense. Right? You don't ask your children to do things they can't do. You know, Monty's strong, but there's certain, I, I won't ask her to go, you know, the stuff I asked Art to pick. You know, Art says, where is he? I saw him over here. There. He's, he's this big, strong man. Right? I, I, I'll call him to lift something really heavy because I know he can do it. I wouldn't ask the same thing of Monty. I know she can't do it. So whatever God's calling us to do, or asking, he's given us the ability to do that. And we get all caught up for lots of reasons, right? Um, some of us, well, in this case, the servant said he was afraid. Okay. Well, we know that fear hinders. Fear, I'm not even going to get on that topic again tonight, but, but fear, fear freezes us so often. He, he was afraid he just stuck it in the ground, and, right? And the master said, you could, have done, you could at least put it in the bank. You, you know... Banks get crappy interest, but you could at least got me a little bit of interest, right? I mean, you could, you could have done something with, it, with, with that talent. And so um, just moving away from money, because I don't want to emphasize money tonight, but I am talking about whatever it is. You have to define that for you. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, put in your heart to do, enabled you to do, however you want to look at that, empowered you to do, and you just kind of been sitting and looking. You know he's expecting, Right? You know that this work that, that God is doing here on the earth, he's expecting each and every one of us to play a role in that. There's no spectators in the kingdom of God. There's just not. Right? There's no, there's no spectators. All of us have something that we can contribute to the work. Right? There's souls to be reached. There's, there's, there's you know, um, ministries within the body. There's, there's, all of us have something. And sometimes we get all caught up. Well, you know, some, some, some of you perfections out there, you won't do it if it can't be perfect. Get over it, right? <laughs> right? Do it. Do something, right? So you know we we get we we have all kind of hangups. Um, why we can't do? God has entrusted us with His Word. You know, there's lots of folks out there that don't know God's Word. We take for granted because we're Christians. We know, you know, we know Word. We take that for granted. There's lots of folks out there out here. I, I forgot it was something I just heard just recently where somebody made some kind of statement like, oh, I think I've heard of Jesus. I said, oh, what? Who hasn't heard of Jesus? This is America. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just trying to, there's things we take for granted because we're in the world all the time and we're around the world and we're in this Christian community all the time. And it's just, but there's folks out here who haven't had the word. And I'm not telling you, you got to preach them a sermon, but, you know, maybe just your story, right? Maybe just sit down and tell them 
you know, your story. That, there's, there's word all wrapped up in that. The fact that you're here means there's word all wrapped up in your story. And so there's something you can do, whatever that may be. Even, even improve yourself. You, you know, folks that sit around and say, well, I would do something if I knew more word. I'll just, I'll just stay on the word example for you, right? If I knew, okay, learn some, right? right? We're, we're, hey, we're, we're in the land of abundance. Right? None of us have to learn the word in hiding around here. Right? There's some countries where it's, you know you got to go through a uh, great lengths. You have to go through all kinds of secret things. But we're not in that world. Right? Bible's all over the place. You know, discipleship classes. Just I'll throw a plug in there. Right? You know what I mean? You learn lots of word. Right? You know, the, the word is available. If you if you feel inadequate, then do something about it. Right? Profit somehow. Right? Because the profit's not just about souls, for example, but even you, you're a soul. You can grow. The, the, the master will be happy with that. You know what I'm saying? Right? I'm just trying to give you, I'm trying to lower the bar if you think it's something lofty up here, right? I mean, you developing, you growing, that's profit for the, because people that know tend to share, right? And what you share with them, they're more likely to share with somebody else, right? That's increase, interest, if you will, right? I mean, look, you don't have to complicate it, right? Do something. You, you know, um, I was thinking today uh, about how many years it was that I felt that God was calling me to work for Newark. Like, you know this story. Years. Like probably more than 10. Years. I'm sitting at Christiana pushing papers. Literally pushing papers, right? <laughs> day after day, day after day, and thinking, you know, and, 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 and feeling this call, if you will. I had no idea in what capacity. I didn't feel called to preach, you know, maybe so to teach, you know, but I, did, I couldn't put my finger on what, and God wasn't necessarily clear about what. But day after day, I would sit behind that desk, frustrated, aggravated, you know, uh, bending my co-worker's ear off, you know, kind of like, what am I doing here? I need to get out of here, right? And, and I just talked this thing, talked this thing, no action, and just, just stayed in that state for at least a decade. Kid you not, at least a decade. And then one day, it dawned on me that nothing was ever going to happen until I did something. Right? Now, now, how do you how do you call someone and say, you know, hey, I think I'm supposed to be working for the church, <laughs> and they go. You know how we do, how we start, you know, we run a whole scenario out in our minds, right? And, and, and not be able to tell them in what way. So I couldn't even put into words in what way. So there I would just sit there. Another year, another year, this seriously happened. And then one day I'm like, okay, this is crazy. Like, really, something's got to give. You ever had that moment where you say something's got to give? Where you just, you're just stuck, you're just stagnant, you're not doing anything profitable. You're just stuck. Something's got to give. And that day, it just was an email. You remember that, Steve? I just shot a little email, right? Put myself out there, and I'm thinking, this man's going to think I've lost my mind. You still, yeah, I really, I'm thinking, he is going to think that I'm crazy, right? Because who am I to tell him that I'm supposed to be working here, right? And picture that. Right? Who am I to tell him that I'm supposed to be working here and can't even tell you how? Right? How crazy is that? But I'm like, you know what, hey. I mean, this day I just had it. 
gonna have to let the cars fall where they may. I'm gonna have to look like a fool. You know what I mean? Whatever, whatever I, but I gotta do something because I cannot sit behind this desk another day. You know what I mean? Knowing this. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I'm almost done. Right? <laughs> Coming down the home stretch, right? <laughs> I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to wrap up, actually. I'm going to wrap up. You got a light. <laughs> he got the light. Yeah. But that one phone call, well, that one phone call led me to here today, right? That one phone, you know, basically he's like, what have you been waiting on? Like, you got to be kidding me, right? And, and, and I, I'm, I'm tying this back to what we're talking about here because God is waiting on you. Right? You're, you're waiting on something. I don't know what, you know, because, again, we have all these things in our mind. Well, well, how can God use me? Or why would God use me? Whatever the case, God is saying, do something. Right? It, it, do something. If you don't know what to do, well, try some things. Right? That, that's how you discover your talents. That's how you discover, you know, just, I call it start pushing some doors. Try some things. But don't just sit there. The master has a plan for you. The master is expecting some increase. The, the masses put things into you. Maybe you can't see how what you have or your gifts and talents. You can't see how they fit into the kingdom. That's where I was. I couldn't even see. Huh? What? What am I going to do? Because, you know, the bar is real high around here, in case you don't know, especially when it comes to, to, to speakers, right? The bar is real high. So I'm thinking, eh, not me, right? That, and so maybe you can't see how what you have can be used in the kingdom. I wonder if these talents, the, the, um, the parable said that the master called his servants together, right? So he, kinda, he had a little meeting. They were together. I wonder if that servant who did nothing with his money ever had a conversation with the other servants. You know, hey, man, what do you think I should do with my money? You know, <laughs> put it in the bank. Do what I'm doing. You mean, sometimes you're that, that networking. Sometimes you got to reach out to somebody. Sometimes you got to make that phone call. Sometimes you got to send that email. You know, what gets, this is a body, right? This is a, this is a network, right? It, these, we're all working together here. Maybe if you can't see it, you need to reach out. Maybe you need to tap into somebody else that can help you see. Do you know that other people can often see things in us that we can't see in ourselves? It's the truth. You, you think we're, we're our worst enemies so often. We, we just see all the, perhaps all the negatives or all that we're not. We don't even see what we are, right? And, and so sometimes it takes us tapping into somebody else that we can trust, right, that, that will help us get out of our rut, help us see what God, is, what, what God is giving us that we can use for the kingdom. And so I'm just encouraging you here tonight, right, that God is expecting something from us, each and every one of us, different not the same, but he is expecting something from each and every one of us. And if you don't use it, well, that parable said it all. That which you have, the little you have will be taken, right? And so you, we need to put it into action, whatever that is. You got to fill in the blank. I'm purposely not, there's, there's a whole myriad of things that it could be. Whatever, you got to put it into action, but you got to start. And if you sit and if you're fearful, if you're you know, complacent, whatever that might be, or you just can't see it. Which I think, honestly, I think a lot of times that's what it is. Sometimes, we, most times, we just can't see it, right? Well, what would God do with me? You know, what do I have that's, you know, oh, there's something. God has given each of us 
something, some way that we can partner with him in this work. That when he comes back, that like those two servants who did use what little they had, right? Where he can say to us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Ready or not, he's coming. If you don't use it, you will lose it. So do something. Amen. All right. Well, if you stand with me, we will sing some more songs and get message number two.